Are you wired up or do you want that? Oh, you want that. Thank you. Right, good morning everyone. Um, great to be here. Yeah, I'm AJ. Uh, I've been part of the church for a couple of years. Uh, so great to meet some people that I don't know. And um, yeah, first time up the front at St. Andrews. Um, and I was kind of thinking this week, I, I wondered what it was when Mark saw the list of topics and saw beauty and just thought, yeah, <laughs> AJ. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> so I think just as a sort of kind of get the disclaimers in early um there's kind of two things as I've been kind of preparing this when when you take a theme and and kind of beauty runs all the way through the bible and you can take it in so many different directions the first thing is we'll, we'll probably not even scratch the surface of of what where we could go we're going to focus on the people aspects of, of beauty today. There's loads we could do about creation and our relationship with that, and we're just going to kind of leave all that um, for another one. The other thing kind of structurally when you're taking a theme, and I'm, I'm going to run through some of the, um, the verses that we're going to use, is um, they come from really different parts of the Bible, and so I'm conscious as we go through that that, that trying to set the context of what the, the Bible bits uh, mean can be a di bit difficult. I think the best way to kind of picture this talk is like a tapas meal. So there's there's kind of three little sections. So if one bit's a bit boring, don't worry, it won't last forever, um, and we'll we'll kind of keep keep kind of rolling through. But there's there's three questions that I'm hoping that we kind of address today. One is what is beauty, um, and that's really about. Um, what we see beauty in others. So it's about our, our kind of relationship with, with beauty in other people. The second is, are we mirrors? And that's relationship with beauty of ourselves. And then the third is, how do we become more beautiful? Um, and there's three objects that you, you can kind of hang on. So once we start talking about alloy wheels, you'll know that we're near the end. <laughs> And if you're surprised that Alloy Wheels made it into a, um, a, a sermon on, on beauty, then you're just going to have to wait and see how that, that bit works. Um, so let's, let's dive into some of the scriptures. What I'm going to do at the start, I'm going to read all, all four scriptures that we've, that we've got, and then the, there's the, they will come back to them as we, as we kind of um, revisit them. So the first one comes from the Old Testament, comes from 1 Samuel 16 and verse 7. And we'll come back to the context of this in a bit. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then the next reading is Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. The third one comes from 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. And then the final verse we're going to look at comes from Ecclesiastes um, 3, verse 11. 
he, that's God, has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Okay, lots of Bible there. And we'll, we'll revisit those verses as we, we come to the first section. So the first section, all about violins. Well, it's not all about violins, but it's the violin section. Um, and it's this Samuel um, passage. <clears throat> so this, this passage... Um, and it's, we're, we're not going to do all the kind of history of it, and it's well worth going and having a dive into. It's an amazing um, story. But this is Samuel the prophet visiting the house of Jesse, and he's seeking the new king of Israel. We think, okay, yeah, fair enough. You know, it's a story maybe we're familiar with. Um, there's, there's a few things worth remembering about this before we get into the beauty bit. Israel already had a king. So going and finding a new king in a kingdom with a king was, was probably not a popular um, pastime. We only have to look at King Herod to kind of know what happens when you try and have two kings in the same place at the same time. So Jesse's in, in Bethlehem, and the particular bit of this verse is where he brings out his eldest son. Yeah, the, the strongest, the, the eldest, the, the one that surely the prophet is going to want. And God says to to Samuel, no. Do not consider his appearance or his height. I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance. The Lord looks at the heart. He says, move on. Move on. This isn't the guy that you're looking for. If we just go on to the next slide. So uh, this is about what we see in others. So what Samuel was, was doing and what we all do naturally and the way that we're wired is we look at other people and we look for things that we've either learned or heard or, or been told um, that, that represent beauty. And the, the kind of the two pictures um, behind me come from a, a story that you, you may have, have come across. So uh, it's a, a violinist called Joshua Bell. Um, and he was world-renowned world as a kind of um, virtuoso violinist, played, with, played all over the world, but with the New York Philharmonic. And they decided to do an experiment, and I love a good kind of social experiment, see what happens. And the other kind of, the other kind of rabbit hole I ended up down when I was looking at this is all the, the kind of um, bits of artwork that people find in the skip and discovers worth, worth loads. And for me, this is that thing of the world rejects the, the beauty sometimes because it doesn't know what it's looking at. Anyway, the experiment they did with, with Joshua Bell was he, he went to Washington um, so, and he just set up in, in the metro station and, and started busking. And he played for about 45 minutes, you know, top, top, world standard classical music. And 1,097 people walked past him while he was playing. They, between the 1,000 people, they gave him $30 in an hour. And only seven people stopped to listen for any kind of length of time. And, and so you're kind of left with this thing of, it, it wasn't that it was bad music. It was the very best music. People would normally pay hundreds of dollars to, to listen to this guy play the, the violin, but where he was and what he was doing meant that people didn't see the beauty in 
in what he was actually doing. But I think it's, the, it's an analogy for when we don't see the beauty in someone. And those who rushed, rushed past, they, they missed out on, on two things. They missed out on him, but they also missed out on the, the music because they were in too much of a hurry. And I suppose the, the challenge for us in this first, first bit is when we meet other people around us, when we spend time with people, are we able to see past that, that front layer? Are we able to see past the guy with the cat playing the violin in the subway station and go, oh, it's just another busker, I'm in a hurry, I've got to go and make the train? Or are we able to see beyond that and say, no, no there's something more worthwhile here in this, in this person, in this individual, that perhaps what I see on the outside, the way that they speak, the way that they dress, the things that they do, isn't them in their entirety. But the only way we can spot that is to stop. We can't do that at speed. Because if we do it at speed, and, and by the way, I'm not suggesting that we all need to stop for 45 minutes every time we see a busker. That's not quite the application at this point. But it is about saying when we meet people, when we spend time with people, how willing are we to challenge that first perception? How willing are we to stop and say, no, 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 I, I want to spend time, I want to discover the real beauty of this person. In the same way that when Samuel went to visit the house of Jesse, and he went, he'll do. Not really liking this mission that God sent me on, so let's, let's pick the strong one, because this is probably going to turn into a fight. Let's have someone who looks good in a fight. And God says, no, that's not the right person. And in the same way that when we're spending time with people, when we're gravitating towards people, when we're looking for people to spend time with, are we looking for the beauty within or the beauty without? So that's the violin. So we're maybe a third of the way through. Um, so the, the next verse we're going to um, jump on to is Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I ask for, I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And this, this kind of second picture, this second analogy, which is um, all about uh, a mirror, is about our own relationship with our own beauty. Um, so if we just flick on to the next one. So the, the question here, this is a, a good-looking chat, William Shakespeare, and a mirror. And I, I, the challenge in this point and the, the kind of what the verse is, is asking us to do is where are we spending our time and what are we doing to manage our own beauty? So I'm about to demonstrate my lack of appreciation for any kind of fine art. But... You know, my, my kind of challenge to us here is that, that as beautiful as a painting is, it just represents the surface. And if you like, some of the old and the most amazing artwork that's out there is, is a historical version of social media. You, are, you need a lot of money to, to, to be able to do it, but you could pay someone to create the, the public perception of you. And that is this, this portrait. And we might do it in a different way now, but 
effectively what a portrait allows people to do is to take this wonderful gold frame and say, no, 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 I want a static picture of myself. I have an appearance that I need to maintain, and this is how I look, and this is how I want the world to perceive me. And my challenge, reflecting on the, the kind of that, that, that piece from the Psalms there is, if we do that, then we don't develop, there's no nuance, there's, there's no, um, nothing that changes over time. It's quite safe, especially if you had a lot of money, you could get a really good artist to draw you and you would, you, your, your perception would be amazing. People would say, this, this person looks really beautiful. Or are we a mirror and we reflect God to the people around us? That's pretty risky, right? Because if, if we're trying to be a mirror and we're having a bad week, then we will reflect having a bad week. And that's, that's the risk that we take. If we, if we go for the portrait option and say, no, 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 I always wear the same things and I always say the same, you know, and I'm quite guarded and safe and I, I, I don't like to express what's going on. That's, that's great and everything, but you, you're setting a level, you're capping that level and that, that standard. Whereas if we're able to be brave and commit to being mirrors, then we reflect the things that, that we receive. And if, as a, as a church and a family of believers, we were all to step out and become mirrors, then imagine that, that light shining between the mirrors and, and kind of bouncing off and, and magnifying. But it takes takes risk, it takes, it takes challenge, because the mirror will only reflect what it's pointed at. And taking the analogy probably a step too far, the, the mirrors get dirty and grubby and, you know, all of those kind of things in a way that, that, that we, can, we can either choose to exist in an art gallery and, and be this kind of perfect image, or we can be a mirror and guess which one's going to benefit the people around us. You know, mirrors don't of themselves have beautiful characteristics. You know, a cracked mirror in an ugly environment isn't going to bring an awful lot to that situation. But if we think around the people who we would say are the beautiful people that we know, not the people that we imagine to be beautiful because we've seen them on, in films or on you know, television or whatever, we're just seeing their portraits. The beautiful people in our lives are the ones that reflect ourselves back to us, that build us up, that encourage us, that lift us up. So I'm going to um, take a quote from, from a film. So there's a film called Coach Carter. I don't know people have seen. Um, I kind of love film like that. Kind of, it's, a, it's a sports film. It's a, a guy that goes to an inner city um, American high school uh, and starts coaching the, the basketball team and all the kind of stories like that. And they turn into, you know, it's the American dream. They win all the games and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but the, within there, there's, this, there's this, this piece about what we're fearful of and what we're, we're brave enough to do. And the, the film plays with the idea that the, the, the tough people aren't, aren't strong, they're more fearful. So the reason people carry guns and, and things like that is not because they're tough and they're brave, but because they are fearful. 
And one of the, the quotes in there is, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our dark, that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people don't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. Not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our present automatically liberates others. It's not scripture. It's a film, it's from Hollywood. All of those, those kind of things exist. But for me, it represents this idea of, of striving to be a mirror and understanding that our own beauty is about what we give to others, not the, the painting or the picture or the, the outside that we, that we kind of give ourselves. So that's mirrors. Right, third, third one. So if we just skip forward again, Peter. Right. So how do we become more beautiful? I mean, obviously, you know, lots of thoughts about cosmetic surgery and makeup and things that I'm an expert on. So I kind of decided to go down the car route and we'll see, see, how, that, see how that works for us. Um, but the, the kind of the, the passage that this links to is about, um, is the one from 1 Peter. So your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. And I suppose the, the, the kind of the challenge with this, this piece is, is, is trying not to become too absolutist on it. Because I think what, what Peter's not saying is hairstyles don't matter and that gold jewelry and fine clothes don't matter and you know, they, they are thing, you know, we should all, you know, burn our toothbrushes and hair, hair brushes and, and just kind of all wear sackcloth and, and ashes and, and that kind of thing. That's not the message that's coming through here. But what it's saying is that our beauty shouldn't come from those things. So they shouldn't be the definition or the embodiment of ourselves. You know, our physical beauty is something to be celebrated. And we can't get to the, the conclusion and in the, the kind of the, the topic notes for this, um, you know, one of the, the bits is that the, the world says beauty is everything, but the world also says your body doesn't matter. You can put whatever substance you want into it you can do whatever there is no consequence and i don't think we can arrive at either of those points from from what we've what we've kind of read so far yeah we might not love the body that we've been given and at times we might pray that god might change the body that we inhabit But we're stewards of what we've been given. So it's, we're responsible for what we've been given. And it is the most you know, amazing um, part of creation, the human body and the way that it works. And even when they don't work, they're still pretty amazing um, things that we, that we kind of live in. <clears throat> and I think what, what I, was, I was trying to kind of think about in this, 
this choice is, and the reason for the sort of the, the car analogy, if you like, is this idea about, um, you know, with a car, for, for most people anyway, it's, it's one of the most expensive things that they, they have and the need to look after it and maintain it and take care of it and make sure that it keeps working is really important. And for me, that, that applies to our bodies and our beauty and, and taking care of what we've, what we've got. Whereas, you, you know, I did check the car park. This isn't one of the cars from, from the car park, I don't think. Um, but at its most extreme, you know, you, you could say that some of the way that the world says we need to, to manage our bodies is similar to the idea of putting all these kits on the cars and, and kind of making them bigger and shinier and bigger spoilers and all of those things, but they don't serve any particular purpose. Yeah, we've all probably come across those cars where most of the money has gone on the, the stickers and the exhaust pipes and they didn't quite have anything left to swap the lawnmower engine out of the, out of the inside. So the car is no better. It might look better. And if people, you know, you know there's nothing inherently wrong with, with kind of doing up cars, but it's trying to imagine that that car is somehow better because it has all these things stuck on the outside. And so I think you know, the, the bit, the kind of clumsy analogy is, is around, for us, how we look after ourselves. You know, if, if we take what, what Peter writes to us, that the, 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 um, the beauty comes from your inner self of a gentle and quiet spirit, then actually when we think about the amount of time that we spend or the focus or the care or the worry that we, that we spend, how much we worry about physical appearance and how much we worry about um, our own gentle, quiet spirit. Do we have that, that kind of balance right? Because what, what, he's, what he says is, it's the gentle and quiet spirit which is of great worth in God's sight. That is the beauty that God wants. And the amazing thing for us is, that should be really liberating. Because if the passage said what God really cares about is good-looking people, there's a lot of people in trouble, right? It would be really expensive to be a Christian. But he doesn't say that. The value that God wants in all of us, the beauty that he wants, the, the reason that he wants us to be part of a family and encourage each other and bring is, is for that gentle and quiet spirit. And the, the, the amazing promise is he's given us everything we need to have that. It's not easy because it keeps creeping away and we keep going in the wrong direction with it all. But there are some really simple things that we can, we can do. So the kind of cheesy line on that one is that we should be a bit more Sunday and a bit less spa day. Um, but our bodies are a gift from God. Taking care of them is important. We only get one. And we need it to last. We can't halt the aging process. But that investment in and that growth in our spirit, you know, we all know people, you know, the, the older people in our lives who are special to us, it is not necessarily because they've got more beautiful physically over time. You know, the reason why those people in our lives are special to us is because of the spirit and the, the, the time that we value to, to spend time with them. 
So just to wrap up, three things. The violin, the mirror, and the alloy wheel. So for the violin, are we spending time to spot and encourage beauty in those around us? Or are we a bit in a rush? <clears throat> Sorry, are we guilty of being a bit in a rush to encourage the beautiful externals? For that mirror versus the portrait, we reflect what we look at. What are we spending time looking at and what are we reflecting into others? And for the alloy, alloy wheels, are we protecting the bodies that we've got or are we trying to enhance them? Our bodies are phenomenal gifts from God. He gave them to us. We must protect them. And so just to finish, I'm going to conclude with this, this verse from Ecclesiastes. And I think what this hopefully does, if you take nothing from the rest of it, is that everything that is beautiful comes from God. That's what this verse tells us. But that the world may not perceive it as beautiful in, in its, in its uh, own interpretation. So he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So we are programmed, we are wired, we are created to recognize beauty. But also if we struggle to understand it, this, this kind of piece from scripture tells us why. Because you've got this, this temporal nature of our bodies and this eternity of God. And, and kind of the, the beauty is the, the, the tangled web between those, those two things. Amen.